You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 37. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hey, 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 this is Jen Hemphill. Welcome to yet another episode. I appreciate you tuning in. And I have to tell you, it's yet another fabulous day here. It is sunny outside as I'm recording this and I love the sun. And I have yet another great guest to introduce to you. So that's uh, very exciting. But before I do that, I'm going to digress from today's show just for a moment because I feel is really, really important as I've had this reminder, this experience this week. And that's just to tell you to, uh, to take some time for you to take a break. This past week, I've been feeling, for lack of better words, blah. Um, and I realized that it was just a reminder for me to slow down. Sometimes I get excited about things. Okay, a lot of times I get excited about things. And I literally just go, go, go. Then what happens? I don't take time to really just breathe and just and just relax and really fully just take a moment to recover, to recoup, if you will. So therefore, when I do when I don't do that, then it goes into having some unproductive days, which leads to me being frustrated because I like to have productive days. And then from there, it stems even roll, you know, that domino effect where I don't eat well, which makes me feel even worse. So if you have those moments, which I'm sure I'm not the only one, maybe this also serves a reminder for you just to step away for a moment, breathe, take a break, maybe take some time to really fully refresh, to recoup from what is going on in your life. So that is my digression for this episode for hopefully we won't have too many of those. And let's go ahead and get to the nitty gritty of this episode. So I have a really fun guest for you today. And in today's episode, she is going to share with you how her parents' regular Saturday money dates influenced her. Yes, her parents had a regular Saturday money dates. It's a good story. And she's also going to share what life lessons she learned from being a saver. And it's not what you would expect. She's also going to share what a $800 hair appointment. Yes, you heard that right. An $800 hair appointment taught her about money. And she's going to share also how she has stayed sober from using credit cards and what she does instead. So let me share with you a little bit about Danitha. Danitha Doe is a business strategist and helps entrepreneurs understand accounting so they can honor their worth and live a life of purpose. She's been selected as one of the top 40 under 40 accounting professionals by the CPA practice advisor. She's also the author of the Simple Guide to Accounting and Financial Strategy for New Entrepreneurs. Danith is also a former NFL cheerleader and loves to drink mimosas after she does her books. So let's not delay anymore and let's go ahead and meet Danitha. Welcome, Danitha, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. 
Thanks so much, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. And thank you for the opportunity to connect with your community. Oh, no problem. Well, I'm really excited about getting to know you, your money story, getting to know you on the personal side. And we know about you, the professional, so we know you're awesome. But I want to know more you more of you about your personal side. So more on a personal level, something that's interesting about you. Tell us a little bit about more about that. Sure. Well, like most people, we all have a very interesting money story. I grew up with parents that came from both sides of the spectrum. So my dad's more of the spender and loves to enjoy life. My mom's more of the saver, which at times was great because they balance each other out. But I definitely was exposed to just tension and arguments surrounding money. And as an adult, looking back on it, I could see that it was possibly related to just their different outlooks on money and their relationship. And also, I grew up in a family where we were traditionally middle class, which I like to say now just means you're in between a rock and a hard place because you have too much money to usually qualify for certain programs, Mm -hmm. but not enough to really make the ends meet. So I definitely was uh, privy to um, struggles with money. Okay. And so you mentioned your parents um, having the the conversations, the argument or arguments around money. Did they talk to you, have a money conversation with you from time to time? Or tell me a little bit about that. Sure. Yes. You know, um, as a child, I grew up very aware about money. And I'm not sure if I believe in a higher being. And I'm not sure if that was just part of me as a person. Mm -hmm. But also just, um, yes, my parents did expose me to money. They would have regular dates usually Saturday mornings with their coffee and they would do budgets. Oh, wow. Good. Yeah. It was great looking back on it. I mean, they would pull out the Excel spreadsheet or I also lived during a time before we really had a computer. So they would pull out pen and paper and write it down and discuss, you know, where money was going to be going for that month. My mom is an avid coupon clipper. So (laughs) I would spend afternoons with her clipping coupons and really learned to appreciate the dollar. And I knew when, which weeks were double coupon weeks, which weeks were triple coupon weeks. And um, yeah, so they were very, for the most part, pretty open about money. They certainly tried to shelter us as children because there were really, really tight times and they didn't, I feel that they didn't want to stress us out too much. Okay. Uh, But but you can always feel the tension. Um, I definitely knew, you know, when rent was due mm. or, um, you know, there were some Christmases where it was very clear that we wouldn't get a lot of presents, if any at all, because um, times were just tight. Right. And my parents were generally pretty open about that with us, especially my mom. Okay, perfect. So you were exposed to the couponing. You were you saw and witnessed your parents just having those conversations and looking at their money and seeing where they were at. Now, you're a bookkeeper, so uh, but you're also a business strategist. But did that influence, or how did you get into what you're doing now? I don't know if it was if your parents influenced that with your experience around money, or was it something else? Yeah, that's a great question. Something that I continually reflect upon mm-hmm. as to why I'm so passionate about my space. Definitely my upbringing um, has influenced me becoming an accountant and a business strategist 
I also, growing up, I was a huge saver. I tended more towards my mom's line of thinking that, you know, don't spend money on frivolous things like massages or getting your nails done, you know, save for a rainy day. And so from a a young, as a young child, I would try to get as many odd jobs as I can, whether that was babysitting or whatever. Uh, Sometimes my parents would pay us to do chores and I would save my money and hoard it because I felt safety in just having um, a piggy bank full of money. So as I grew older, I realized that I just had this idea that money was the answer to all your problems. I just associated lack of money with tension and stress and I didn't want Mm. to experience experience that. So my studies, when I went to undergraduate, I studied economics with a focus on finance and accounting, not necessarily because I wanted to become an accountant. Honestly, I really thought that was kind of boring, but I, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew from the moment I knew that you could own a business, which was in elementary school that <laughs> I, I seriously, I started a nail company when I was eight. Um, oh my goodness. I, I had two clients, my mom and her friend. Aww. And, <laughs> and, um, so I knew from a really young age, I always wanted to be a business owner. I mm-hmm. never knew what that was, but I knew something told me that I needed to understand money in order to be successful in business. And my dad also studied accounting, my mom as well. So I was exposed to that and, and decided to take that path okay. um, while I was studying. Okay. So tell me about the challenges that you have around money. We all have those. So tell me about yours. Definitely. Happy to share. I love, um, I think it's really important for us as women to be transparent about this right. because, yeah, there's just so many things that we just don't know because we aren't comfortable sharing it with others. Yep. So yeah, I ended, so I ended my last statement, you know, saying that I had studied accounting and started a business right after school doing something completely different from accounting. Uh, I started an apparel business oh, okay. for yeah, professional dancers. I'm a former cheerleader okay. and and went into that realm <laughs> thinking that I knew enough about accounting because hey, I had studied it in school. I knew theoretically what a cash flow what cash flow meant and mm-hmm. how to budget and then realized that it is very different to apply it practically than mm-hmm. to think about it in theoretical terms and you know have to deal with paying rent and student loans and how to balance you know, wanting to go out with friends even right. and all of those and the emotional side of money that we all have. So with my and so with that experience, I had to close the business. I went through a period of homelessness where I really oh, wow. literally did not have money <laughs> to okay. pay for anything, uh, student loans or otherwise. And so from that experience, uh, I learned that money, a, a lot of it has to do with the technical know-how, which I thought I was pretty good at and I was always open to learning more, but it's also the relationship and the emotional side. I am not, I mentioned earlier, I'm a saver by nature Mm -hmm. and didn't spend enough on self-care and realizing that money was there to support me as a person. It wasn't just something to hold on to really tightly because you'll end up losing it, which I did. So my personal struggle has been and continues to be balancing those two sides of me. I I want to save money naturally, but then I know that in order for me to feel fulfilled and to feel inspired to do business and to sell my services and connect with others, I have to support myself 
Um, and not just, you know, rent and food, but also getting a massage, getting my nails right. done, going out with girlfriends. And that's okay. That's actually something you should do, I feel. Right. Um, Right. And I agree because a lot of women that I talk to and I've worked with have that guilt because why? We're naturally the nurturers. We take care of everybody else before we take care of ourselves. So if we go and, you know, do uh, get a massage, we feel that guilt. So, and it's interesting because you definitely brought up a good point uh, and you're not alone because I definitely have struggled. It's gotten better, but it's something that I think that you have to continuously work on because uh, I've always been naturally the saver, my husband, the the spender. And I didn't understand for a long time why I had, I had that feeling that I had to hold on to the money. And it was, it related to my upbringing because there wasn't, there was always that um, lack mentality. Uh, and, and, uh, and there might've been, there was that, it might've been that there was actually a lack, but it was also part of the mentality of my parents. So I felt like I had to keep that money and not spend it. Um, but I've learned over time uh, and my husband balances me out in that area, but it is definitely something that you have to work on. Uh, especially, you know, you and I, that we, we struggle with this and many other women too. Totally. So. And I'm so glad you brought that up, the nurturer side, because I, uh, probably similar to, to you, I love spending money on other people, mm. but, <laughs> you know, there needs to be enough for myself at the end of the day too. And that was something that I had to learn as well was to continually put myself first and right. it's okay to do so and to not... I feel that that guilt might always be there, but over time it slowly diminishes. Right. And it kind of goes with like on a plane, you get on and they tell you uh, when they go through the different directions of what you need to do in case an emergency, you put the gas mask on you first so you can help others, you know, your kids or uh, the people next to you. And that's the same. It's basically the same thing take care of yourself, and therefore you're able to take others so much better. I love that analogy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's so and, true. Yeah, it is. And, it, it, you know, they bring that up, but I always go back to, you know, they. I, each time I'm on a plane, I think about those things <laughs> and, and other areas of life of how we definitely need to take care of ourselves because if we are the best person, um, and continually, continuously take care of ourselves, I think we can do so much for others. So much more, I should say. But that's perfect. So best money spent. Tell me about that. Ooh, my best money spent. I, okay, so it's a tie between two. I'll start with the first one, if that's okay. okay. Sure, absolutely. I, I had moved to the Grand Canyon. This was the time right after I had started my business, completely ran out of cash, needed to find a job. And I found it. I found a job on funjobs.com. Huh. And- <laughs> I'm not familiar with that. I wasn't either until huh. I, I don't know how I found it. Uh, divine intervention. I'll just <laughs> throw it up to that. And I stumbled across this job in the Grand Canyon on the North Rim, which is the side of the Grand Canyon that's closed during the winter because they actually get snow. Mm-hmm. And it was a hostess job at a restaurant. It was eight bucks an hour. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have a degree. I'm going to get paid $8 an hour. I have student loans. What? And I took it because there was nothing else. It was also during the 08 financial crisis. Mm. And 
there just was there literally wasn't a lot of options. Right. And, right. and so I moved there and uh, spent I got there like eight, six to eight weeks before the canyon closed. And towards the last week, the last week that I was there, there was a shop right there on in the canyon is this uh, beautiful jewelry shop mm-hmm. catered towards tourists and the jewelry was really expensive at least to me it was and I walked in there and I think I had like 600 bucks in my account I walked in and there was this gorgeous gorgeous ring um it was an emerald with uh I'm wearing it now an emerald piece mm-hmm. and it was a uh, it was made by the Navajo Indians and I looked at it and it was $320. And I said, Oh my goodness, that's like half of what I have in my bank account right now. But this ring is so gorgeous. I'm not one to spend money on jewelry. And I don't know why this ring spoke to me and I purchased it. And that was six or seven years ago. I still have the ring. And after that purchase, it was a great decision because I love the piece of jewelry. Right. And also, it showed me that I can spend a lot of money, whatever a lot of money means to me at the time, right. and still be okay. Mm. I wasn't struggling after that purchase because that was something I was concerned about. I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. A, an opportunity magically appeared that covered my upcoming expenses. And that purchase just solidified to me that if I just listen to what I want in the moment and I'm mm. truly okay with that decision, whether it's a purchase decision or another decision, that everything will work out. Ah, uh, I like that. I like that. Cause sometimes it's, yeah, I, I agree. Just a matter of opening yourself up and that mindset, it's, it's working on your mindset. It's what it is where you're, you're opening up to a world of abundance. So that is beautiful. And you have a second one too. Oh, oh yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there was a second one. It was uh, my second year in business and I was making more money than I was at that time, but still not a lot. Again, back to that lack mentality. Mm-hmm. You Sometimes, at least for myself, it feels like I never feel like I'm making enough money. And that's definitely a part of my relationship with money mm-hmm. is feeling that sense of abundance. So I was in my second year of business making more money considerably than I was before, but not enough to me. And I really wanted to get my hair done. And I was like, oh, I want these gorgeous highlights. I want to get extensions. And I sought out this stylist that was in my town. I'm in the Bay Area. And she quoted me a price of $800 for that one sitting. It was a four to five hour hair appointment and $800. Wow. Wow. Right. The most <laughs> money I have ever spent on anything Probably anything, no, but at least on my personal self-care. And I went ahead and spent the money, uh-huh. um, felt so glamorous afterwards. I mean, I if, no- if I nothing bet. happened afterwards, just the fact that I could look at myself in the mirror and just like really love like what I look like, um, it was one of the best purchases. And again, after that, an opportunity came about um, related to my business. I signed a client, one of my highest paying clients still to date. And awesome. I would like to say it's because of my hair and the way <laughs> I felt about the way I looked. <laughs> and did you did you find this client in person or was this online? <laughs> right, this was in person. Someone okay. in my yeah community, and yeah, you, that you know, is it, awesome. 
the hair, it's the confidence, whatever it is. But totally, it was because I was gonna laugh it if it was online. I was like, is she <laughs> is she joking around? Or because that's why I had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. I was like that, they never saw me, but they could feel my yeah, hair. Yeah, they can. In the confidence that I carried, you know, it was the hair. <laughs> Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Oh, I love that. Those are some good stories. And I like that basically it's it's all about the mentality and uh, your mindset. It has so much to do. And and and, and that's where, you know, for my philosophy in, in coaching and educating women is um, teaching the mindset because you can have this great mindset, um, but no skill set, and you're not going to get anywhere. But at the same time, you can't have just a skill set and a bad mindset. You got to have the two, and and that's definitely something that I I work on uh, when I teach. So tell me, I'm really curious about this question having with your background as an accountant, but for your personal finances, do you use a spreadsheet or some sort of software, an app, or are you just more of a traditional person with a piece of paper and pencil? That's a great question. So I definitely lean towards apps mm-hmm. because I... I like to move around a lot. I like, I love my phone. Everything's on my phone. So it makes it really easy for me to track if it's on my app. With that said, though, I'm definitely, I'm a writer as well. I like to do a lot of creative writing just for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that pen to paper sensation is really important for me. So although most of what I do is electronic, I still need to write out whether it's my budget or if I'm trying to plan out like the next 90 days, six months, okay. I find I find that I still need to write it out just so it solidifies in my head. And then I'll, I'll also use the apps to... Okay. So a combination of the two. Definitely. Perfect. And how about, uh, do you use more cash, credit, check? <laughs> I like a debit you card? What's your chuckled, preference? Chuckled after the check. Um, <laughs> I don't, how do you feel about checks? Because I would like them eliminated. <laughs> well, some things I still have to use a check for. Um, this year's only one thing, but last year I had to, well, I didn't have to, but for school lunches for the boys, because um, I didn't feel like paying an extra fee to do it online. And that was just me like, why do I have to pay an extra fee to pay their lunches? Uh, so I did that. But now they've eliminated the fee, I guess. People, other people felt the same way, but this time is um, for the housekeeper. So mm. that's where I use the check because I will never, you know, not I will never, I hardly ever remember to go to the ATM to get take the cash out. So check is just so much easier. Totally makes sense. Yes, so I that's it, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see where checks are in like five to ten years. I am definitely a debit card person. Okay. I've, I've gone off, I've been, I'd like to say sober from credit cards for six months now. And okay. I'm really excited about that. Um, so I'm definitely a credit card or a debit card person because I like to review my transactions. Either I have a weekly bookkeeping date or okay. money date. So mm-hmm. I like to be able to tr- track them electronically cash. I'm not good with cash. I 
but cash burns a hole in my pocket. I don't know where it ever goes. I do, I do keep some on me because you know there are times okay. when you need yes. cash. But yes, absolutely. I, <laughs> I have given up on trying to make myself good with cash. It, I just spend it, so mm. it's a debit card for me. Awesome. And you said you, you sounded like you used to uh, use credit cards, but you. You're staying away from it. It's just personal preference, or did you see you were spending more easily with the credit card? What changed? Totally. I, yes, I used to, I just saw myself spending more. I, from a personal standpoint, not even related to money, I'm trying, mm-hmm. or also related to money, I'm really trying to work on me being present. Okay. And that's in all areas of my life. And that's just a reflection of me for myself definitely different for other people. For myself, I found it was me not being present by using my credit card and allowing myself to pay it off three, six, 12 months later and still thinking about that purchase that I made before. It just wasn't, it it wasn't a good practice for me. So yeah, I've just eliminated it so that now when I do spend money, I know, okay, I'm spending money that I have now and I won't ever have to think about or regret this purchase later. Right. No, I hear you. I hear you. And everybody is so different because others like to use the credit cards for the points, you know, to using it to, to travel, that type of thing. Uh, but everything's uh, different and you just have to find a system um, that works for you. And, and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> so, uh and how about you mentioned your phone, the love for your phone. What is your favorite money-related app? Oh, my goodness. I, I love my phone. It's really bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, I Money app. So I like the – I like Zero. It's a bookkeeping program. Okay. They have an app. And that's how I do everything related to my business financially. So invoicing um, and reconciling my transactions. It's a really straightforward app. So that's probably my favorite money app. I, as far as personal expenses, I don't know if they have an app, but I like their program, which I, I use on my computer. It's personal capital. And that's just a great way for me to, I haven't heard of it. Yeah. I would check it out. It's free. It's, um, and it links everything. So not only your bank and credit cards, if you have credit cards, all those transactions, but also your investments, like your 401k, you can link your student loans, um, your mortgage payments. It's all in one place. So it calculates your net worth at any given time for you. It's it's pretty cool. I'll have to definitely look it up. So I'll make sure I put the zero uh, I'll look up the Zero app and put it in the show notes as well as personal capital as well. I'll make sure to get that in the links uh, of the show notes. And how about uh, favorite money guru celebrity? Ooh, my favorite money guru celebrity. I Definitely Susie Orman. She is incredible. I had the opportunity to interview her in a really short interview. Awesome. Uh, I'll have to last- check that out. Please, yeah, please do. Again, my my time with her was really short, but it was like everything to me. Right. It was <laughs> it was on Huffington Post Live, and, and she's just incredible. I think she's the she's also from the Bay Area. I started a bookkeeping uh, company when I first moved here called Emory Cloud, and it was in reference to her living here in Emeryville, where she okay. got her start as a uh, the finance guru that she is now. 
And she's, she's great. She was the first person that really exposed me to the emotional side of money and how that is so important when you're trying to create the financial future of your dreams. Right. Yeah. My first exposure to personal finance as far as books was one of Susie Erman's books. I can't remember which one I, I can picture the cover, <laughs> but that's really the first book I read on personal finances, one of her books. So that's interesting. You bring her up. How about book? What's your favorite money book? Oh, this is such a great question. You know, to be honest, I, I've, I've read a lot of Susie Orman's books and I love them all. I've read a lot of money books. Right. The big, the one that's made the most impact on me is not money related. It was, it's Return to Love by Marian Williamson. Okay. And that it's not di- directly related to money. However, when I read it, I was in a period of my life when I was trying to figure out my money situation and it taught me the importance of self-love self-forgiveness. And for me, it was related to my money choices, my relationship with money and using it as a form of self-care and putting myself first. So it was so pivotal and just helping me reevaluate how I viewed money. And that money isn't the end all be all. That's also one of the things that I I work with because I I am in the money world, similar to you, Jen. And I don't know (laughs) I don't know if this is the same for you, but sometimes I find that I forget that there are other pleasures to life besides mm. money. Right. And right. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. And that book helped me realize that I'm a little obsessed with money sometimes. <laughs> well, what is the title of the book? I, I know Marianne Williamson is the author. But... Oh, Return to Love. Okay. I'll make sure to link that up because I haven't read that one. Okay, perfect. Thank you for sharing that. So this has been fun, Danitha. And you know that this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because... Her money matters because money allows you to live your most fulfilled and embodied life. Perfect. I love that. So I really appreciate you being here with us, Danita. Can you tell us where is the best place for people to find you and learn more about you? Mm, Thank you so much, Jen, for the opportunity. This has been a lot of fun. You can find me. I'm all over the interwebs. (laughs) I love social media. So the best place is my website, DanithaDoe.com. Perfect. Or if you're a Twitter person, at Danitha Doe. So Twitter and your website. Perfect. Well, I'll be sure to link that up in the show notes. So again, thanks so much for joining me, Danitha, and I will make sure we connect again. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jen. And I'm looking forward to connecting again. Sounds good. Well, that was definitely a fresh perspective, a different perspective, and I hope that you enjoyed listening to the interview as much as I enjoy chatting with Danitha. Now, I want to highlight just a, real quickly uh, a review that we got recently. Uh, I haven't done that in a while. So if you've been listening uh, to this for a while and you haven't left a review, I would love your support in that because basically that just... Uh, 
gets this podcast in the ears of more people. So this uh, review comes from Hillary, and Hillary says. Jen is such an important voice in the sisterhood of women who are supporting other women to rise up and take control of our money. She's relatable and compassionate and takes great care to create a show that's full of good technical content as well as encouraging content about how women can manage the emotions that come along with money. As a fellow podcaster, I really respect what Jen is doing and you won't be disappointed with this show. Hillary, I really appreciate those kind words, especially as a, a fellow uh, podcaster as well as a woman that's doing as that we're doing the some of the similar things. So I really, really appreciate your kind words. Now let's get back to this episode because I wanted to touch base on something and dig a little deeper. There was a point in the interview with Danita that she mentioned her $800 hair appointment and how it was a great experience. And shortly after that, she got her highest paying client to date as of today or as of the day of the interview. So you probably either had one or two thoughts. One, yay, you know, that's just awesome. Or B, who in their right mind would pay $800 for a hair appointment? I would rather take the money and insert whatever you would do with it, right? Am I right? So you either have one of those two thoughts. But let's be real and let's dig a little deeper if you're feeling that icky feeling, if you felt that uh, when you heard that she spent $800 on a hair appointment. So hear me out, okay? There are three key words that I, uh, that I would like you to keep in mind. So those three key words are abundance, priorities, and permission. So let's talk about abundance first. And really the definition of abundance is simply a large quality, quantity, plenty, just basically plenty of, of anything. So if you're struggling with, or if we're struggling with our money, we're struggling with a part of what we're struggling is a, a scarcity mindset where we tend to have a lot of thought of thoughts of not having enough, which does not let thoughts of abundance, meaning plenty of, you know, that we have plenty enter our realm, enter our world. I really truly believe that our mindset, in other words, the thoughts that we feed ourselves are, is really such a huge component with your success with your finances. I don't think that you can be a great saver and a great at your budget and not be great with your mindset or meaning having these negative thoughts uh, all the time. It, there's, it just, it, ju- it just won't happen. On the other hand, you can have this great mindset of, oh, everything's great. We have plenty of money, but you're not a good saver. You don't manage your money well. It's You can't have one or the other. I really truly believe that you have to do both well. So let's think of Donita's story and she spoke at that moment of how her business was doing okay. She, I think she mentioned something to the extent that it wasn't as good by her standards, but she was okay with it, right? And notice throughout our interview, she, when she spoke, she had this abundant mentality overall, right? She had this um, mentality of everything was plentiful, right? 
this really, if you think about it, allowed her to make the decision of scheduling this high-end hair appointment. She didn't have these feelings of, I can't afford that. Yes, maybe there was some fear a little bit, but she moved forth because she had the confidence and then she got a high-paying um, high paying client after that, right? Now, I'm not saying go spend a bunch of money and you'll make more money. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that having these thoughts of abundance have an impact on your personal finances. It raises your confidence level, which helps you make better decisions with your money. Also, another thing to note, a big part of it is being grateful for that penny, for that dollar, for that euro, whatever your currency is, no matter the amount. If you're not able to be grateful for even those small amounts, I'm going to keep it real with you. That is scarcity talking. So you want to turn that around and you can easily do that by being grateful, expressing gratitude for that amount of money that you have, no matter if, no matter how many, how much it is, right? So I definitely recommend, I definitely encourage you to take some time to be grateful for that money that you have, which in turn raises your thoughts to be more abundant and pushes those scarcity uh, thoughts aside. And therefore that confidence level will soar. The second word, the second key word here is priorities. You need to be clear on your priorities. Maybe for you, it's those family trips, like for me it is. Maybe it's a certain hobby that you may have. Uh, for Danita, that those things of hair appointment and jewelry, those are priorities uh, for her. What I don't want you to do is get stuck on saving more money, paying off debt. That's all great, but your priority is is beyond that. The priority is the things that you enjoy doing, whether it's that hobby, uh, maybe it's a photography hobby, maybe it's, like I mentioned, a family trip, Um, whatever the case may be, you want to be clear on those priorities. Obviously, saving more and getting out of debt will help funnel those priorities or fund those priorities, but I don't want you to get stuck in thinking the priorities are saving money and getting out of debt. I want you to think beyond that. And also, I want you to consider that whatever your priority may look like, maybe it co- maybe to some, the cost of it um, may seem a lot to others. And I want you to remember that what others think about that is irrelevant, especially when they're not contributing to your personal finances. Now, of course, if that other maybe person may be your spouse, what I suggest to just mediate that or to lessen that (laughs) is to for both of you to have a separate spending account, like where it's no questions asked, uh, whatever money is in there, you spend it on however you want to spend with no questions asked. Okay. The third word, the third key word is permission. You need to give yourself permission to splurge. Money is a tool. It is here for a reason. It's to help you live that fulfilled life. 
And your money really wants to help you do that. You just have to let it by feeding yourself with thoughts of abundance, by knowing, really getting clear on what your priorities are, by giving yourself permission, and of course, doing the physical stuff of managing your money. So if you need support, if this is, these are, if any of these are areas that you need support in, that you need guidance, that you need accountability to make this happen, I encourage you to test out our Fearless Money Sisterhood membership program. Test it out just for a month. It will only cost you one dollar, one US dollar. And after that is $25 a month. That is it. You can get all the details at jenhemphill.com forward slash dollar. We have a lot of fun. We have uh, monthly calls. We have a Facebook group. I do trainings, uh, special classes, and there's just so, it's a great program. It's a no brainer program, especially if you're needing that support. Uh, so I definitely encourage you to uh, check it out, especially for $1 for a full month. That is it. So that is a wrap for today. I want to ta- uh, thank Danitha for joining us, uh, for sharing her story. Uh, all you have definitely gained a lot from it. Be sure you can check out the show notes uh, where you'll find where you can find the links on where to find Danitha, uh, the resources that we mentioned, and more at jenhemphill.com forward slash thirty seven. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash. 37. Thanks again for joining us today and I'll talk to you and catch you next Thursday.